Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He's Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. And as always, we're here to break down our 18 favorite bets of the week for the Sony Open. 18 holes. We'll make 18 bets before we... Move on. As a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. Benny, as you can tell, I'm playing hurt a little bit this week. My voice is completely <laughs> shot. It has been. We're, we're working on things. Should be better soon. Um, but that's not the only thing that hurting you and I had Justin Thomas winning last week. <laughs> that didn't happen either. We're hurting in a whole lot of different ways. Yeah, man. I think, I think tell the truth. You decided last minute, uh, before Thursday started to put it all on Morikawa, didn't you? And, uh, and then you thought you were flying and then you started screaming at the, the telecast all Sunday afternoon. I mean, what about that? Seriously. I mean, I did the odds breakdown with, uh, with golf at the tour and you can, you know, at one point, Ram was 80 to one in that final round. Morikawa was minus 20,000 at the turn. Ooh. Minus 20,000 at the Ooh. turn and just collapsed. Uh, in fact, you can check out my Twitter later. You can see a video of it all coming together. We track the odds and put the video to it. It's pretty crazy stuff. Cool. But uh, yeah, we move on, right? At least I, I mean, I, I did try to gloat a little bit because for the first time in a long time, uh, I did pick up the first round leader. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, you wound up winning the golf tournament too. It was the favorite, so you can't gloat too much on <laughs> playing the favorite and having a three-way chop. But yes, of course, you you did get. It. By the way, uh, you get criticized on Twitter, which I I thought was fantastic. I thought it was hilarious. Which mm-hmm. when sometimes people don't understand certain things about what we do. So in any case, we move on. We move on to the Sony Open, and before we get into some picks, this is one of my favorite trend spots. Of the entire year, Benny. And so I want people to understand this, that the players that are moving from Kapalua, having played one week already, going to the Sony Open, there are 19 of them. 
They have a massive advantage this week. And here's what I will tell you, that over the last six years, these players have comprised just 15.9% of the field at the Sony Open. And yet, they've won five of the last six titles. I think if you go back further, it's actually eight of the last nine. They've accounted for 39 of the 39% of the top tens over the last six years, and they've made the cut 73% of the time. Why? What does it tell you? Well, essentially, first of all, there are a lot of really good players at Kapalua, so it's the better players we get that. Secondly, they had one extra week to shake off the cobwebs, get the competitive juices flowing, so they are more sort of into their games than the guys who are flying in gold. And thirdly, I look, these players are human, and you're going to Hawaii, and I get that it's a business trip, but the guys who played at Kapalua, they've gotten all the Hawaiian vacation things out of the way. Not yep. only is your body clock adjusted, but you maybe you sat outside and had a couple of Mai Tais one night, maybe you went in the ocean, maybe you did this, did that. All those things that the guys who were playing the Sony this week who weren't there last week can do, these guys have done already. Mate, have you, let me tell you, have you written this down somewhere? Have you done your preview? Because that is literally my, I've just taken notes of everything you've said because that's my topic for this week <laughs> to come later this week is to talk about that exact fact. Um, there's definitely a correlation there, as you said. Um, we can bring up all a number of reasons, which um, we can sort of try to pinpoint it to. But the interesting part is, of course, how different the two courses are. And yet it still happens. You've got the hills going up, you know, versus the flattest track on tour, literally the flattest track on tour. Uh, you've got different winds even when it when the wind does blow. The, the greens are much slower at Kapalua because of um, the undulations. Uh, you have to be uh, accurate, not long, at Wailai, whereas you can just bomb away at Kapalua. It's all crazy, yet still uh, what you've just mentioned runs true. So, um it's such an interesting phenomenon and yeah, and I tend to sort of dive into it deeper later this week. So thank you for giving me all my starter points, mate. That's brilliant. <laughs> there you go. There's another one in there too, which let's see if I can track it down here very quickly, but essentially we're looking for ball strikers this week. And okay. Yeah. We often say, yeah, we're looking for ball strikers. Guys who hit the ball, they tend to be good at golf. Uh, that said, it's a little more this week than we're used to. Okay. Where is this? Uh, I'm going through my preview right here, Benny, and well, I'll give looking... you something on putting. I know that that I know that like eleven of the last twelve winners were in the top ten in strokes game punting. Mental. Really? See, that's interesting because I'm looking at ball striking, and what I've found here is here we go. This is some serious podcasting as I'm trying to feverishly go through all my notes. Okay, <laughs> last year at the Sony Open, the top twenty six players on the board. We're all positive strokes gained T to green. The top 16 were at least a stroke better than the field average. Two years ago, the top 24 on the leaderboard, all gained strokes T to green. The previous year, 30 of the top 31. That's remarkable. I mean, that is like, essentially, if you're not going to get it done T to green this week, you don't stand a chance at Wildlife. Yeah, and the putting stat I've got for you, mate, I did find it exactly. 12 of the last 13 inside the top 10 strokes game putting at the end for the week. And and the one that wasn't was known putter, Kevin Nah. <laughs> Mental. Um, but, yeah, so basically you need to have somewhat somewhat accuracy, usually better. Look, last last year a not-known putter, generally speaking, in Hideki Matsuyama won, 
but that week he was the best putter of the week. So it's one of those things. It's uh, you know, the Bermuda and and whatnot. You you've just got to have the week on the greens that you're expecting. But you know, obviously, as we know with the decky, he hits it well. He put it in the fairway, um, gave himself chances, and I'll get into it. But a couple of my picks are based on specifics in some putting stats as well. So uh, should we kick it off? Should I go to the first hole? Let's get right to it. First hole of eighteen. Ben Everall, you are on the team. Well, I'm not letting you beat me this time. After last week, you getting in the first Aussie. I'm going with the first Aussie. My first oh. pick this week. He didn't play last week, even though Adam Scott did let me down last week. Didn't do exactly what I thought. And I think Adam potentially can play well at Sony. I'm actually throwing in Cameron Davis. Cam Davis, 33 to 1. Uh, we've talked about this previously, how I think he's going to have a massive season off the back of that President's Cup. Now, let me tell you, he's already had a top 10 at Sony before on debut. He was, in the, he was T9. Uh, and last year, he finished 27th, but he was ninth going into the into the final round where he had a 70. Uh, his, his other rounds were all in the mid-60s uh, last year and, and had a good chance. And basically on Sunday, he was six back starting the day and went after it and made a few um, errors trying to really hammer it home. So I don't take much into that final round. Plus, as I said, he is a 20 million times better player a year later, given the confidence boost he got towards the end of the year as well. So... Um, Cam Davis, I saw 33 to 1 on, on bet 365. I like him as my second best outright pick this week. Okay. Well, I'm going to skip past what I had written down on my little index card here for hole number two. I'm going to go straight to hole number four and switch those holes around because I have written down here Cam Davis for a top <laughs> five finish this week at yep. plus 750 at bet 365. And here's my thought, Benny. I don't actually love Cam Davis. For this golf course, I'd rather see him in a course where there's more of an onus on driving the ball really well. That mm -hmm. plays into his strength. That said, I'm just so all in on Cam Davis this year that you put him in a field where there aren't too many superstars, and I don't care where they're playing. I think he has a chance of winning that golf tournament. So this is more a play on the player rather than the situation. But Cam Davis is a guy that I will be talking about a lot, playing a lot this year. I think he's that good. I think he'd be a top 20, top 25 player in the world before the year is up. And I will play him for a top five this week. Beautiful. I love it. Come on, Ozzy. Uh, all right. Well, I'll go to the third hole. I'll stick with, I'll throw in my top five then. Um, now, again, this is going against what we spoke about at the top of this pod. This is a player not there uh, last week, but it is a player in decent form. Uh, top five for me is going to be Taylor Montgomery. Mm. Uh, I think he's also plus 750. Now, normally you'd get a much bigger number for Taylor Montgomery at other events, et cetera, but uh, they are on to uh, what I see in this guy as well. He is 11th in strokes game putting this season, playing a sens sensationally over the fall uh, and also makes a significant amount of putts uh, inside the 10 to 15 foot range, which has been key in this event in the last few years, making a, your fair share of those. Uh, Hideki made a bunch uh, last year in that bracket outside 10 feet uh, to get it done. So I just like the look of Taylor. He's um, he's trending through the fall. Uh, there are a lot of people at the tour are giving him a lot of love, which you know may or may not help him, but they're pushing, pushing his story. You're going to hear a lot more about him. And I tell you, he's crazy funny. Um, you'll get to know him over the coming months. Uh, so I'm going to give him a bit of love here. Top five, 750. I like Taylor Montgomery. I'm going to tell you, Benny, be careful with him. And I'm telling this to the people out there who have watched him play in the fall, seen some really good results, and are like, I'm all in on this kid. He's great. 
I'm not saying he's not. He's got a terrific personality. I hope he turns out to be a star. That said, you mentioned he's 11th in strokes gained putting so far this season. Even with all the success, he's 134th in strokes gained on approach shots. That is just simply not good enough to get it done at the highest level out there. Can he keep his card? Can he have some more high high finishes? Of course. I just, I, there's a little trepidation there uh, when it comes to Taylor Montgomery for me. So I'm I'm going to be off him for certain weeks, and this certainly is one of them. So uh, me I and think, you not on the same page there. Yeah, I think that, look, one of us is going to be proven right or wrong. I think the West Coast, and I'm including this Sony as part of that, is a big moment for him. Look, yeah. um, and again, it's it's based on having chats, as I said, and seeing and seeing the stories and and seeing what we we're finding out behind the scenes on Taylor. But we're talking about a guy who missed his card multiple times, finishing twenty sixth in Corn Ferry. Uh, you know, had to go through the ups and downs, etc. He seemingly has moved on and 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 sort of grown and matured to a point where he's ready to break out. Um, that's what the hope is around the traps, as I said. He's personally definitely playing into this. I'm not going to lie. He's super fun and super cool, and I just want to will him to do well. Um, but Sony, Tory, and these places, if he doesn't keep the run going on these courses that he that he generally has liked to play in the past, uh, then there's going to be an issue for him going forward. Uh, let's get to the fourth hole. I skipped over what I like to do at the top usually, which is a little bit longer odds for an outright play, but I will get to that now. Guy who's 42nd in the world, I think most people couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but he's 42nd for a reason, and it's not consistency. I'm going with Kurt Kitayama, who is plus 5,500 at Bet365 this week. And so what Kitayama gives us is that, like I said, not the consistency. He missed 12 cuts and 26 starts a year ago. What he does do, though, is he brings a very high ceiling. He's got these spike weeks where when he's playing well, he plays really, really well. Three runner-up finishes and a third-place finish last year alone. That's why his ranking is so high. I don't care if he misses the cut. Like, look, if if you're betting on him to win the golf tournament outright, it's either win or nothing. And so second place is first loser, all that stuff. So I want somebody that has some win equity, somebody who, uh, if they play their best golf, can win a golf tournament. I believe that Kurt Kitayama has those abilities. I think this is a nice number to jump on him this week. All right. Well, from Kirk Kitayama to my long shot, Chris Kirk. I'm going to throw Chris Kirk at you as an absolute long shot. He's been playing like a dog through the fall, not playing well. But that happened last year, and he turned up to Sony and once again put a half-decent effort on. He's had two runner-ups at the Sony Open in Hawaii before, some of those a while back. Again, just like Davis was T27 last year, but it was a 71 in the third round that that cut him off. He had in his last two events there, he's got five rounds of 65 and two of uh, 66, I believe, or two of 67, plus that one 71 that took him out of contention. So he was second first year and then T27 with one poor round last year. Um, and at 80 to one, I'm ready to, to give that a little bit of a look. He's ninth on tour, 10 to 15 feet putting. That's another thing that we talked about that I don't mind. So, Again, having been at the last, how can't remember how many Sony Opens. He's one of those guys that just pops up in my head from who played well when I was yep. there. Yep. Um, so I'm looking at Kirk as a as an option for your long shot and across those sort of higher markets. But he's eighty to one to win. Uh, proven tour winner. It's been a while. Gone through some stuff. Has been well documented. But 
I like to look at those long shots. So there he is. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I think that's a nice play, especially trying to pick off a long shot with some win equity. Go to the six hole. I, I've got two prop plays for you the next two holes. I'll start with my aggressive one. I'll go to the conservative one next. But the aggressive prop play, Nick Hardy was 14th place at this event two years ago, was in uh, was mired in a, a little bit of a slumpy stretch at this point last year, and he missed the cut. But we know he can play well on this golf course. He is getting better seemingly every single time he tees it up. This is a guy that I am very bullish, probably overly bullish, I will admit, on for the rest of the season. But I will take him for a top 10 at plus 700. The ball striking numbers are there. They've always been there. The putter is coming around. He's a kid that I'm very, very high on. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to find reasons to not like what you're doing. But, you, you know, you're, you're hitting the, the ball out of the park so far. All right, uh, all right I'll go to... I'll go to my top a top ten play. This is someone who played last week, although not brilliantly. But I'm pretty sure I brought him up a year ago for this very event on this very podcast. But I'm going to go top ten plus six hundred on Canadian Adam Svensson. He was forty three, t forty three on debut, but shot a sixty one to open the tournament. He was t seven last year. Um, Svensson played last week, got some rust out. A different, totally different course here. I think it can suit his game. I, I think he's got some uh, confidence going in from what he's been able to achieve, and obviously, have it, he had a win, <laughs> so that's not bad as well. Uh, but yeah, I like him in the top ten market at plus six hundred here at Wiley. I like that. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I know some other people are on Svensson this week as well. All right, eighth hole. I'm going to maybe my favorite play of the week, and I get that it's conservative, but if you want to build a little bankroll early in the year so you can go after some long shots at some point, this is the way to do it. Maverick McNeely just crushes top 20s. The top 20 market is ripe for Maverick <laughs> McNeely. Had four straight to close out 2022. He is plus 170 for a top 20 this week. Look, if you want to go top 10, you want to go top five, I'm okay with it. But top 20 just makes way too much sense when it comes to Matt McNeely. And Benny... You look like you kind of like that bet. I stole something from you, didn't I? Exact bet. I've got the exact bet. Maverick McNeely, top 20 market. Um, what what have I got here to add that you didn't say already? Uh, the T27 he had at this course was one round that was poor, 70, 65, 67, 66, his other rounds. Um, you know, again, he is fourth strokes game putting this season so far. Uh, makes putts from 10 to 15 feet as well. He He fit all the parameters that I looked up um so yeah and just seems to be a top 20 machine and at this time of the year is his time of year right like as we head to the west coast so uh it's literally the one i had to say next what's very interesting benny is that he's a long hitter and yet he's played some of his better golf on short golf courses yeah. sort of a reminder of a tony finau or a gary woodland where you think they can only contend on these big ballparks and yet they actually feel more comfortable in a friendlier confines where it's it's shorter. They don't have to rip driver everywhere. So uh, I like this fit for Matt McNeely. Was was that your ninth hole then? That's my ninth hole, mate. They closed out the nine agreeing completely with you, uh, much to my dismay. <laughs> All right. Well, we we have the ninth hole then, and we move on. But before we make the turn, as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION. To get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado, 
bet $1 on any game, get $200 for free. And we make the turn. We get to the 10th tee. I am on the box. And as usual, I like to go with my first round leader play here. I'm going to go with a big number. Benny, I'm not like you. I'm not taking <laughs> favorites for first round leader. Congratulations on your John Rom first round leader play last week. That's great. Spoiler, I'm I might do the with, same the same method again this week. But Yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm going with a a rookie who's played some very good golf. Seemingly plays every single week. He's uh he's in the field, but SH Kim has played some solid golf so far. He's shown to be a quick starter in eight starts in 2020 uh three seasons so far. He has five rounds of 68 or better already. He is plus 8,000. Now you've got to go super low. 62.2, I believe, is the first round leader scoring average over the last five years. So you've got to like, you've really got to find the low one. Granted, it's probably going to come in the morning and not the afternoon. We're recording this pod on Monday night. Tea times aren't out yet. So uh, I'm going to base it and hope that He's got like a 723 tea time uh, in the morning, but I don't know yet. So um, I, I would favor the guys in the morning a little bit more than the afternoon first round leaders. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, and let me say, I'll say this. Uh, I expect SH Kim to definitely win a tour event in the next two years. So within the next two years. So I think he's that good of a talent. I think he's another one of the guys coming through that um, we can expect good things from. Uh, and I'm just trying to look and see if I have any info for you. Oh, what I have just found in the email that came through is the guy I'm about to throw out as first round leader is in the afternoon on Thursday. That's a bit annoying. Although I've got another one that is going in the morning. So we'll go to that. My first round leader for hole 11. Um, as I said, I, I would like to pick Tom Kim uh, as the favorite. I think that he, just like I did with Ram, is at plus 1100 for the outright. You know, it's not juicy enough. So double it and try to get that first round lead and then see what happens after that. Good chance he, you know, maybe puts up a 66 and he's four behind and you get 18, 19 instead of that 11 and you can still win. Or maybe you cash in on your 22 for that first round lead if you get lucky and he goes lights out. He is in the afternoon as it stands at the minute, though, to start. So the pivot to who I would look at, who basically I'm looking at guys in the first round lead that. You know, I'm not throwing at you in the outright, even though I like them. You know, they were pipped at the post for my two outright picks. Uh, this is another one. Got some unfinished business and some crankiness after last year. Russell Henley. Russell mm-hmm. Henley um, played last played last week. Not great, whatever. But how he didn't win last year, I'll I'll never know. Obviously, Hideki did well to come back over the back nine and hit a ridiculously brilliant shot in the playoff to kill him. But um, Henley really should have closed that thing out and. He's since gone on and shown that he can be a front runner and lead. So Henley is an option. He's going off in the morning on Thursday for first round leader. Yeah, I like that play. Henley is a guy that can go low in a hurry. He's played really well. I'm going to go to the 12th hole, and I'm going to stick with Henley here. I've got a Henley play as well. Um, He did not just get a monkey off his back at Mayakoba about two months ago. He got the whole (laughs) damn zoo off his back because he had a bunch of circumstances over the last 18 to 24 months where either led he was near the lead he didn't quite get it done remember the Wyndham championship towards the end of 2021 should have could have would i think he led for 69 70 holes of that event and didn't even get into the playoff uh as there were five or six guys in that one so i'm going to go to henley here and at bet 365 they've got nice little over under 
as far as finishing positions. Yep. And so all of them are minus 120. No matter where you go, uh, a guy will be matched up as far as the under or the over. I'm going to take Russell Henley finishing in 26th place or better at minus 120 this week. Of all the ones I looked at, that was the one that really struck me as, look, the guy's won here. He won back in 2013. You mentioned it. He finished second last year. He's got three other top 25s. Essentially, you're playing it as a top 25 finish, which Russell Henley should be able to do at a golf course that he really likes. The ball striking numbers were not great last week, but they were not terrible whatsoever either. So uh, I think this is a really smart play. It's funny you mentioned that, Mark, because yeah, I'll take my next hole and go into that same same selection. And as you said, um, it's 120 no matter what it is, but you get to, to sort of hone in on a player um, and their finish position. My player for the one minus 120 is 33rd or better. Uh, and I'm going with Keith Mitchell in that space. Uh, I know you usually love Keith and you didn't mention yep. him, but that's okay. Um, it, it's, it certainly helps when you hit the fairways, you know, like off the tee. And he's usually pretty good at doing that. It's, you know, he's got four top 25s in five tries uh, at this place. And his best last, last year was a T7. So he's trending at Wileye. Um, and I, I just like him as we've talked about many times, because I think he's got some gravitas. He's got some, uh, stones, if you want to put it in a better way, like he's just one of those guys that, um, when it's on, when he's on, he's going after it. Like you said, sort of first or, or last, he's going to have a crack. So, um, you know, I feel like if he's in the mix, he's going to be having a crack. He, he's unlikely to be outside the 33. I know they're thousands of miles apart, but there are some correlations between YLI and PGA National, yep. which hosts the Honda Classic every March. And so Keith Mitchell won that event a few years ago. I could see there being a little bit correlation for him this week as well. He's got some nice finishes at this one. We get to the 14th hole, and as we're recording, uh, Georgia is up. I, I won't play spoiler in case you haven't seen it yet. You're listening to the pod <laughs> a couple days later, but I think Georgia might win the national championship. Keith Mitchell's a Georgia Bulldog, 14th hole. I'm going with Grayson Sig, another Georgia Bulldog who reminds me of a, yet a third Georgia Bulldog, Kevin Kisner. He's sort of the poor man's Kevin Kisner right now, essentially a guy who doesn't hit it a long way, doesn't make all of his putts, but just sort of digs it out of the dirt and gets it done. I love those kind of guys. I'm taking Sig right here um, for a top 30, which they have top 30 markets at Bet365. For plus 210, which I think is a nice number. Made the cut here last year. Had a, a nice rookie season. I think it's going to be even a nicer sophomore season for him. Good stuff. All right. Well, 15th hole. And as I said, there were a few guys I'm trying to fit in places. I mentioned Henley. You know, I mentioned Tom Kim in first round leader markets. As a, you know, these are the spots that I could have used for this. But, I'm, you know, Adam Scott's another one I haven't found a place for. I think he will rebound from what he did. Uh, last week at Kapalua and look, you know, look in those top 10, top 20 markets. But I'm going to throw this wild and wacky one out there. I don't do this often, but I saw that it was an option again uh, with Bet365. But you can back that the winner will be done in a playoff at plus 333. And we had a playoff last year. We had a playoff a few years ago before that. We've had a few. We had a playoff with Cameron Smith. We had a playoff. You know, we've had a few playoffs there. I remember we had one playoff. Would have almost made me miss my flight home that Sunday night um, a few years back as well. And in fact, that might have been the year that the uh, the cameraman for Golf Channel were deciding that they might not might not uh, work on that Sunday. It might have been the same year we had a missile almost hit us on the island as well. Uh, we've had some certainly some interesting spots. But look, 
it's it's always a long shot. It's always a weird one. But I just it, it has been a penchant for there to be playoffs at Wiley lately. So plus three hundred and thirty three for a playoff. Why not? All right, I like that. Sixteenth uh, hole. How about a plus money top forty on a former world number one? Okay. Okay. Well, world number one amateur at least. Ah. Kita <laughs> Nakajima. Yes. Pro last fall in his first event as a professional. Played the Zozo Championship with a whole bunch of really good PGA Tour players. Yep. Finished in 12th place. Closed out his year with four Japan Tour starts. Finished top 10 in two of those four. This kid's really good. I mean, he was number one in the world as an amateur. And so I, I expect there to be some sort of crossover for him as a professional. I have absolutely no idea. I'm very intrigued as to what type of player he will be like over the next two, three, four years. Whether he's a guy that uh, can go out there and... Um, and thrive as a professional, whether he's a guy that doesn't quite have what it takes. I know he's not a, a very, very long hitter, but we will find out soon from Keita Nakajima. But I do like him around this golf course. You don't have to be a long hitter. And so plus 187 for a top 40, smart play. Man, I just, you just reminded me something I was going to try to look up and didn't find yet, and it might take a while to find them. Um, but if they're out there, uh, I thought there might be some value in top Japanese player out there this week um there's a few of the guys you mentioned and, and whatnot that i mean hideki should play well again he is defending um but it, as i mentioned earlier he he putted lights out last year to get it done like lights out he's he gonna have to do that again to be up there so but given that he's the defending champion and he's such a big star you might get some value in someone like uh, the man you've just mentioned to beat him uh, in the nationality prop bet so just have a bit of a squeaky look at that and you might find some good value uh, all right, 17th hole, my outright winner. Um, it is an international team player. It is not Tom Kim, but it is Sanjay Im. Uh, I think the second favourite 14 to 1 is someone I really like here. Um, he hasn't you know, necessarily done great at Wallow in the past, but look, he is a stripe show specialist. He'll get it in the fairway. He'll get it on the green, and he's one of the, one of the better players uh, that is in this field. Um, we... We have been seeing some of those guys, some of the big names get it done of late, haven't we? So uh, I just feel like it might be another week, like we'll see a big name get the get the job done. And, and Sungjae's due, really. He's due something special. Um, yeah, you know, I could go into all his stats as we know, but the reality is I just think he is a genius. And he's, what, T13, I think, last week? Um, he's, he's already had a pair of top 25s at Wallo and he's a much better player now. I think he. I think we might see some, some something special from Sungjae this week. Yeah, I like everything about that. I'm big on Sungjae this year. I think he's going to have a very, very strong season. Maybe even a major championship. I thought you were going to go for the second straight week and double up with me because you said I'm going to go with an international team player. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, we're going to do it. And a player that played last week is oh, here it comes. Not Sungjae. I'm going to go with Corey Connors. Corey Love Connors, it. who is Love a great it. course fit. He's been top 12 here each of the last three years. Played well, especially on Sunday last week at Kapalua. Fits every trend that we're looking for. A guy who's really good tee to green and a guy who played last week. In fact, one little note that I found, Corey Connors sort of has this reputation. It's not a bad reputation to have as being one of the elite level iron players in the world. You sort of got in whatever order you want it, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, and yeah. Corey Connors would be in that next group right behind them. 
What I found digging through the stats from last year, though, is that Corey Connors actually was better with a driver in his hands than he was with irons. He was sixth in strokes gained off the tee. He was 16th in strokes gained on approach shots. Now, both of those are really, really good. What it tells me, though, is that he's not such a quote-unquote one-dimensional player. He is a guy that's as strong as anybody, tee to green. That's exactly what we're looking for on this golf course, guys who can be really good tee to green. We've seen that over the years. There is that fit. There's that correlation. And so at 22 to one on bet three, six, five, you might be able to get them at a little bit of a bigger number elsewhere, but I am in on Corey Connors this week. Yeah. Again, I'm jogging through my memory from when I've been there, but he went very close, right? He was a T three there or something like that within the last yeah, five years. A few years ago. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah. Scoring average of like 67 or so. Like he, uh, another one on my list here that just, I just didn't slot. Um, but not a surprise at all. Not a surprise at all if Corey Connors is right up there. It's funny, like I don't, you don't sort of think of him as a guy that's going to throw up a 61 or something, do you? But he's more than capable of doing th- five, sorry, four 64s in a row and winning it that yeah. way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't see him going 59, 61, 68, 68 to win. I see him going 64, 63, 64, 65, you know, and getting it done that right. way. Um right. I also think he's he's due for a second win. I'm a big believer in what is usually termed the law of averages, which I I get that that's not a thing. Like from a mathematics perspective, an analytics perspective, there is no law of averages. That Mm. said, Corey Connors is a guy that you can certainly see winning a second PGA Tour event. You mentioned Adam Svensson earlier, a fellow Canadian, just like Connors. They know each other pretty well. That said, I... I don't see Adam Svensson winning a second one so quickly before a Corey Connors wins a second one. Could it happen? Of course, anything can happen. But I really think that Connors is sort of built towards winning that next PGA Tour title. It was, what, two, three years ago that he won that Texas Open uh, as a Monday qualifier and wound up getting into the Masters just a few days afterwards. But he is due for a second one because he is that good. I don't think people quite realize just how good Corey Connors is. So that's it, everybody. That's our 18 holes for this week's Sony Open. We appreciate everybody for listening this week and every other week. Remember, you can always catch us wherever you catch your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your picks, all your bets for this week's Sony Open. Here's hoping you hit the great. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.